it's great when you get to spend a little time with, with children or with uh, toddlers and that, and um, to observe what life is like from, from their perspective, what life is like for them, right? So for, for toddlers, generally speaking, uh, they do like a bit of adventure, especially if they're lads, right? If there's anything dangerous in the room, they somehow have the sixth sense for danger and will gravitate towards it. If there's a knife hidden somewhere in the room, they will find it, or a, a lighter, or a poker, or a corner of anything sharp. They will find it, okay, and they'll gravitate towards it. Um, and, but generally, even, even when they do that, though, they're still keeping an eye. They still want, they still want mom or dad within, within visual range. You know, so they'll, they'll, do, they'll do little, little adventures, like, but they still want to kind of check that if anything goes wrong, I know where home is, I know where safety is. You know, so they'll do the little adventures, but they'll, but they'll come back. They'll come back. Or if you're in the presence, maybe, uh, every now and again, I, I don't wear it too often, but my, 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 my sutan, my black full-length yoki thing, uh, that my, yeah, I wear that every now and again. I used to wear it a lot more over <clears throat> in Rome if I was serving masses or things. But it looks fairly, you look like Neo from the Matrix. It, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but it can look scary for children because you look like Batman or a bad, I don't know. You, you, look, you look black and ominous anyway. You look huge. Uh, so when, when, sometimes when children see you coming, they kind of hide behind mommy's leg, you know. <laughs> What's this fella doing? Or children in general, when they see uh, a dog or something that might be dangerous, they kind of hide behind mommy's leg. Uh, actually, one of the priests in our community, uh, his, at his first day of school, um, he was intimidated to go in and he didn't want to leave mommy's leg. So he grabbed onto mommy's leg and we, we were all heading into school. And uh, he uh, didn't want to let go, didn't want to go to school. And for some reason, my dad had uh, a rabbit in the car. We used to have rabbits occasionally. I don't really remember why there was a rabbit in the car that day, but okay, it was a long time ago. So he took the rabbit out of the car, and, uh, and he said, Niall, do you want to come into school? And Niall was holding onto Mammy's leg, and then he just goes, Bunny! <laughs> Let's go, Mammy's leg, and waddles his way into school, and then we became best friends, and that was 1984. <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness, I feel old. Uh, yeah, I'm a best friends ever since. Uh, so, but the, 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 the safety and security, right, of, of, of mom or of dad, I think when we grow up, that doesn't actually change a whole pile, it just it, it manifests itself differently. But I think as we grow up, our, our happiness and this, this sense of safety or security are very, very closely knit. I think it's very hard for us to, to be happy if we don't feel safe. You know, if, if you feel like your life is in free fall, it's very, it's very hard to be happy. On the other hand, I think with a lot of our decisions, a lot of what we do, when we're looking for happiness, what we're, what we're looking for is, is, is safety, even like the accumulation of wealth, right? Why do I do that? Because I'm, it means I'll be, I'll be safe. If anything goes belly up, I mean, I'll have somewhere to live, I'll, I'll be able to provide for myself and my family. Uh, even like the, the, the safety of... Let's say having a nice place to live, having a secure job. Maybe even the this is this is where it gets a bit hairy, where the safety in our relationships that, that we would like, where it can even maybe spill into trying to control other people. Because I just if, if they would just behave this way, that way, and that way, then everything would be okay. So all they have to do is do what I say and, and, and if I can control them, then then things would be safer, I'd be happier, the world would be a better place. 
even speaking of which, like dictators, like people who are absolutely convinced if the world was according to, 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 to their desires, they'd be happy and the whole place would be better. So I think in our adult lives as well, we're still looking for safety and we're still looking for security because we're looking for happiness. Where this is going to be problematic though is when it comes then to doing God's will. When it comes to doing God's will. Where there are occasions where I don't fully understand what's happening or why it's happening and this isn't making me happy now and it's even hard to imagine how it'll ever make me happy. But to accept that from the hand of God, love him regardless, and remain happy. This is where, uh, you know, from, from that, that, that childhood uh, search for, for security, uh, this is going to be, to be tested now in, 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 our, in our adult consciences, in our, in our, in our adult uh, maturity. We now have to choose God even though things may feel a bit insecure. And we as adults, we, we like security. And most children, when they look at us, they think we have it all together. You know, they, they look at mommy and daddy and uncle and aunt, and they have the car and they have the house and they have the job. They seem to have life all together. Deep down within all of us, I think there, is, there are insecurities. Like there, are, there, are, there are fears. There's a desire for, for safety and security, but we can't guarantee that. We can't guarantee the weather. We cannot guarantee our own health or the health of those we love. We can't guarantee long life to anybody, not even ourselves. We can't control the economy. There's so many things that we have no control over. But yet we want to be safe, we want to be secure. So how, how do we do this? In our reading today, uh, St. Paul to the, to the Romans chapter 8, uh, he, says something very, he says something very, very beautiful. It's, 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 it's a very often quoted scripture verse. And he says, we know that in, by turn, turning all things to the good, God cooperates with those who love him. So God turns all things to the good for those who love him. Now again, that's one of those lines where you think, oh, that's, that's lovely. It means he turns all things. Also illness. Also bereavement. Also failure. Also loss. He turns all these things to the good. How? How on earth can he turn, you know, my wife or son or daughter's cancer to good? How? Why would he allow it in the first place? I mean, I, I, I wanted a secure life, I wanted a safe life, and this illness has wrecked everything. It has made life so difficult. How, how, do, I, how do I see the good in that? How do I see God's plan in that? I remember so often meeting families where there was a sick family member and it radically changes the family, but actually very, very often, as far as I've seen, for the good. Remember, I was, I was at a wedding, and there was this, uh, there was a, one of the bridesmaids at, at the wedding was a wonderful girl, um, smart, intelligent, funny, pretty, the whole lot. But she was actually nice. <laughs> she wasn't full of herself. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes people, when, when they have all those kind of gifts, they come into a room and they scan who here uh, is, is, is to my advantage, you know what I mean? Who's kind of the most important person I should be talking to here in order to further my career? How, who, you know, who, who's, who can serve me in some way? But no, she wasn't like that at all. And then during the reception, uh, I met the rest of her family. And she had a Down syndrome brother. 
who was, uh, he was in his late teens at the time, he was in 1920, and she took such good care of him. You know, she was just making sure he was okay and he was sitting down and he had everything he wanted. And uh, She had learned from a very young age, despite all of her gifts and that, she'd learned how to serve. She'd learned how to look out for someone else, how to care about another person's needs. And I could see as I got to know the family that evening then, uh, that, 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 I can't remember his name now, it's, it's, it's 10 years ago, uh, but that, that young fellow's, that young fellow's Difficulty and cross, which Down syndrome is, it's, it's cross, it is difficult, but it had been such a blessing to the whole family. He was the, the heart of the family. The whole family gathered around him. The whole family took care of him. The whole family had learned to love and serve because of this guy. So he's in an environment now where he's loved and everyone else around him has learned to love. These days, if someone is diagnosed with having a, a child with Down syndrome, other alternatives will be proposed. Termination. And that opportunity to, to, to love someone and to learn how to love is, is now removed. God had a plan in it. There was a reason for it. And so in, in our lives, as we look at our own situations, we can find God even in what looks like loss. Even what looks like, even, even what, what, what looks like God's absence, we can find him there. And we can actually find joy there. We can find joy in, in God's will, even in the things that, that, that look awful. Because the foundation, you see, the foundation of our whole lives, the foundation of our faith, is that we are God's beloved children. So what he permits and what he allows mightn't always be what we want. But God didn't create us here to feel good. He created us to be good. At times, we don't want to always feel good. But he wants us to be good, to be holy. And the greatest proof of this, like any time the enemy will accuse God in our own minds of deserting us in our cross or of forgetting us in our cross or of just a, you know, dishing out crosses even, think of his cross. Just never allow the enemy to make us forget that, that our God knows what it's like to be on a cross. Our God knows what it's like to suffer. So he's not sitting on his throne, happy out in heaven, surrounded by having his peeled grapes served to him while we all suffer down here, absolutely indifferent, could help us but couldn't be bothered. That is the temptation, but that is not the truth. That is not the truth. Our Lord loves us so much that he climbs on the cross. Could have stopped that at any moment knew it was coming, prophesied three times it was going to happen. He could have left Jerusalem. He could have avoided it. He could have said, well, look, I mean, surely uh, be, just taking on a human nature is already a great enough sacrifice to redeem mankind. Why do I actually have to go through all of that? Why would I? I don't have to. I choose to. Because this is the extent of my love for these people. I love them. And I want them to know that that I'm willing to go through all of this because I care, because I want them in heaven. Because then in their sufferings, they will know they can unite their crosses to mine. And because I can unite my cross to his, it means nothing is wasted. Nothing, not a single tear, not a single lonely evening, not a single bereavement, not a single... diagnosis 
Nothing is wasted. We can unite all these things to the Lord. And so even those negative things then, we can find joy in them and our safety and our, and our security. We can still find in the Lord, even though we don't understand. There's something very, very beautiful about living that. About carrying a cross, but knowing, Lord, you will make good of this. You will make good of this. You will bless me. You will bless my family through this. I trust you. I trust you. And if on those days when, you're, when your trust is weak and when the cross is heavy, we keep saying it until we believe it. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And we will see when the sands of time have passed, when the dust of battle has settled, and we find ourselves standing before the Lord, we will see these words realized. We know that by turning everything to their good, God cooperates with those who love him, with all those he has called according to his purpose. May the Lord bless each one of us and strengthen us in whatever ad adversity we're facing. May he fill our hearts with joy and may we always find our safety and our security in him. Amen.